Hi. Hi. <laughs> welcome back to our podcast. Yeah, welcome to for some reason. I'm Ashley. I'm Kate. And this week we're talking about the run, the Blair Witch, the original from 1999, not the pretty good follow-up sequel slash third one, but the actual sequel in 2016. But no, the 1999 original film that changed horror film, film marketing, viral marketing forever. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. When you thought the 2016 version was pretty good, I, I uh, oh. wasn't a huge fan of that one. Um, but I really do like this one. And I'd almost say some of what they did for this is like, like an ARG almost. Like, like way before ARGs were really a thing on the internet, like this right. was like completely immersive for the audience um, with all those extra materials from the website. And like, even like the behind the scenes documentary I watched was like kind of framed in a way that was acting like the story was real, even mm. behind the scenes. It was very interesting. Was it the curse of the Blair Witch? Uh, the Blair Witch Phenomenon. Is what I watched. Oh, I did not see that. Mm. Yeah, found it on YouTube. (laughs) It was very um, 1999-2000. A lot of uh, quick edits, a lot of like um, Dutch angles. Yeah, so this was made by uh, Haxon Films, and it was directed by Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez. Two friends who met in film school. They actually started talking about it in film school, but they didn't start developing it until 93 and then they filmed it in 97 oh they worked on it for quite some time had a lot big idea they've i've never seen it but they were really big fans of the legend of boggy creek which is about i think it was like a kids movie oh okay legend of boggy creek was from 1972 and uh it's an american docudrama horror about the folk monster which is basically sasquatch but it wasn't a found footage film. It was just a actual fake documentary. But yeah, very inspiring to them. I guess they saw it when they were younger. Another big fun fact about this is that the budget, it depends on where you look. Um, I've seen as high as 50,000, as low as 25,000. Really? So the budget listed on, um, of course, the most accurate source, Wikipedia, uh, mm-hmm. is listed approximately between two hundred and five hundred thousand dollars now what they're mm-hmm. accounting for in that budget marketing. i have no idea um marketing yeah marketing mm-hmm. would probably be in there but um for the actual cost of the movie having seen it there's no way it could have been over 50 yeah and 50 no. honestly is a bit a bit high maybe the equipment and everything would probably go into that cost as well I bet it's 25 because apparently they bought their camera at Circuit. They have two cam- or three cameras, one of which they had owned for a really long time. One they bought at Circuit City, one they bought somewhere else. But they, they returned the Circuit City one after the shoot for an for exact... Them. I love it too. <laughs> I did that too. And then the other one they sold on eBay in the early days of eBay. So it's just like a time capsule, this film. <laughs> Honestly, like... Oh, and then the revenue for this is astronomical they made 248.6 million dollars from this movie i think uh, apparently it's like the 37th most profitable horror movie ever it but it's 
in terms of like cash cash or like in terms of return because I feel like I, I think, was looking for anybody that was higher I can't find anyone higher I would have to say that's cash cash because like if we talk about return they probably take the cake I mean I basically spent very little money and made all of the money um, yeah and I had no idea I, <laughs> and one other thing that I really like with this movie is that they kept it pretty tight it's just an 81 minute movie yes. um and the genre is found footage, paranormal horror um, type of movie. Um, it's, it's probably the most popular found footage horror movie I know of. Before this, mm. I know Cannibal uh, Holocaust also was renowned, but not for the same reasons. And it wasn't yeah. widespread due to it being banned in most countries because yeah. it was extremely graphic and violent. I've um, still never seen it in full, but we only ever talked about it in my film and cinema studies classes, like an example of exploitation and filmmaking and like how mm -hmm. you shouldn't treat people and like how you can ruin other communities with your yep. stupid films. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah, that is that's the correct way really to look through a uh, correct lens to look at that movie. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't coin like... the term found footage after this movie, though. Even okay. though they had like it had existed, they didn't mm -hmm. say that until that actually that opening title card of like one year later their footage was found. That's oh, really oh okay yeah. awesome. Um, honestly, like I don't generally like to watch found footage horror movies or movies at all because uh, weirdly it triggers my um, my motion sickness, so it mm -hmm. makes me feel kind of sick to watch it. This wasn't so bad, probably because um, it was a pretty quick movie and I paused a lot while taking notes. Um, mm. but this is a really good movie so yeah. I'm really glad that I did watch it yeah and then um, uh notes here I think it was just really really well produced because the, the directors were the producers and they had like every say on everything mm -hmm. so to your point of it being a tight film it was actually originally two and a half hours but they took yeah they took extreme notes every time they started the film circuit mm -hmm. and they like you know they were like cut this cut that cut this and the thing I asked about earlier, uh, if the, if you watch the Curse of the Blair Witch, so that was like a thirty to it's thirty to forty minutes, but that was originally the intro to the intro of the movie. Okay. Because they have um, all these great extras and people that really make it feel real. They had even more. It's ridiculous. So they had Heather's fake teacher, Heather's fake classmates, Heather's best friends, whatever, whatever. That kind of sets the stage for what mm -hmm. Heather was planning. And I'll get into it as we go on, so I don't spoil too much. But there was a lot, lot more, and then they actually listened to people and we're like okay this is too much tighten it up and yeah, yeah. I agree I think it's a perfect length yeah I, I think going. it's good that they took that out and the fact that they still released all of that footage though as a separate mm -hmm. entity so you could like immerse yourself in this world and in this story mm -hmm. um, and I think all of that lent it to why so many people thought this was a real story yeah um, I remember because actually we grew up only about an hour from um mm -hmm. Burkittsville Maryland we're from Virginia but uh we're I grew up our... in Maryland in fact you did grow up in Maryland yeah. that is true um <laughs> so I'm from Virginia and um it's only about an hour away from from my childhood home I and I remember people really thinking that this happened when these people were actually missing and it got so much to that point that the actors like Heather Donahue uh Michael C. Williams and Joshua Leonard had to come out and be like hi no we're we're just actors we're fully alive we're right. fine yeah we're 
Yeah, Heather said like her mom knew she was acting and like it was something like experimental, but didn't know what until she literally got uh cons- condolence cards. Oh god. For her, for her daughter's missing or and or death. Oh god. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like I should laugh like... at that, but it's fine because everyone was fine. But like yeah. Um, I really do think this was one of the first instances of people of like a movie treating itself completely as true. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a really cool thing to start. Now it's almost a bit hack well, at this point. Um, I mean, and if you think people don't know what's true on the internet now, people just believed it back then. They're like, <laughs> "Well, there's this new thing on the internet, and everybody's saying it's true, so therefore, right. must be true." But so to get yeah. into the IMDb plot, which just is you know just a quick one one sentence blurb quote. <laughs> Free film students vanish after traveling into a Maryland forest to film a documentary on the local Blair Witch legend, leaving only their footage behind. Um, I think that's super comprehensive of uh, what this movie is about without actually spoiling anything. Mm-hmm. I do want to talk a little bit more about the behind the scenes, um, especially the Blair Witch phenomenon. And again, you can find this on YouTube. It's about 30, 25, 30 minutes long. Um, this is a behind the scenes documentary, but it's shot in this way that is still kind of acting like the Blair Witch is real. It's a very interesting way to go about it. So the movie was kind of put together like day by day. Yeah. Um, apparently like how the movie would go would change based on like how that sh- that day shoot would go. Um, mm-hmm. So like the plot and like um, all of the dialogue was pretty much ad-libbed by the actors. Like they'd give them the situation of the scene and would just let the actors speak naturally. And it does feel like they're just people like just talking to each other. And I thought this was so interesting. The actors would find their stage directions in the woods, which were given to them via GPS coordinates. And it would like send them to like a crate in the woods that would have like their stage directions for the next scenes or whatever on it. Um, Stage directions and also food and water. And they only got energy bars and bananas. Oh God. And as filming went on, they gave them less energy bars and bananas so that they would actually, everybody thinks they're uh, Kubrick over here. Like Kubrick was known to torment his actors. And Mm -hmm. so many film students were like, I'm going to do that. It's like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. I guess they gave them a warning and told them to expect stuff like that, but also terrorizing them in the night, which we'll get to. Yeah. Yeah. So throughout the movie, we'll talk about all these sounds that the actors hear throughout the night, but um, it was actually like the the directors and stuff throughout the night would just harass the actors while they were in all honesty trying to sleep. Yeah. At the end of the movie, when everyone seems to be going very like manic and lack of sleep, it's because they actually were sleep deprived. <laughs> Again, I'm laughing because it's like awful, but it really did make for a good movie. I don't really condone that kind of treatment of actors, but right. I don't think that they ever like called it off. They did have a, a safe word, which was taco. If they were ever like too, like, this is too much, this is too much, get me out of here. And then there were some other things that they had to, like, they had escape routes planned on their GPS things just in case something went wrong. They did have to use that at one point, but I'll pipe in when the, as it happens in the uh, movie. Just like two more things that I have from behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So this movie was also influenced by a movie called The Last Broadcast, which was released in 1998. And it was about a group of filmmakers going into the Pine Barrens in New Jersey to find out about the Jersey Devil. It's almost <laughs> the same plot, um, but I've never even heard of that movie. So 
Um, Supposedly they hadn't either. They said that they hadn't. Like it was filmed almost. It was filmed, I think. Almost at the same um, time. Almost at the same time. Yeah. I think they were both just influenced by technology getting more accessible because like I said, they had started Blair Witch Project was started development in 1993, began production in 1997, which was five months before the last broadcast premiered. So it was a weird timing and the last broadcast did beat it in terms of release. But now I want to see it because I actually hadn't even heard of it until today. Yeah, I'm curious as to how it compares to this one. Uh, I don't want to automatically say that the Blair Witch is better just because it's more popular. So I'm, I'm interested. And then I just like personally say that this is the reemergence of good horror after the 90s, especially, which isn't really known for its well-made horror movies. I think there were a lot of slasher teen movies, a lot of joke yeah. horror that came out. Everything kind of became rote. And this one really like pushed the envelope of what is considered to be horror and this really falls more within my own personal spectrum of, of horror. And even having seen this a couple of times, when I watched it, I was like, this is a, this is still pretty scary of a movie, yeah. even after almost 22 years. Yeah, I agree. It's still, it's it's got all the right, checks all my boxes. I guess before we get into it, something about me to know, like possibly why I find it so terrifying is a couple of reasons. Mainly one, if you've ever met me or gone out with me you'll find out pretty quickly that some people have a natural sense of direction like they can just figure out where they're going I have the opposite (laughs) yep I have like (laughs) something telling me that like go this way and in fact it's completely the wrong way um also I have never been camping even before I saw this film I wasn't fond of it for that reason I also have very good range of hearing like I can hear very high and low frequencies really well but I don't discern them super well so I've always been aware of that in like, you know, anytime ghost things, it's like, it could be this, it could be that. I try just not to listen, but I hear, I hear a lot and I can't figure out what is being said or where it's coming from. So I hear oh. something, but I don't know where it's from, which I found <laughs> out in surround sound class. <laughs> so being in the woods and hearing stuff is like, honestly, one of my biggest terrors because I wouldn't know where to go, what to do, or where the sound is coming from. I might think I'm running away from it. And in fact, I'm running at it. <laughs> oh God. Uh, I think for me, one thing that is like one of my big fears is like being stuck somewhere. And Mm. one big thing that we'll talk about in the movie is that the group is following the compass going the same direction all day, but somehow they keep looping back to the same exact spot. Mm -hmm. And for me, that like hits like my peak horrific time. Like like, that is so scary to me. And, And then like hearing like children in the woods like skittering around and like touching their tent. We'll get to all that stuff, but um, all of that is just like peak horrific. Like you never see the witch, you never see anything in this movie. And yet it still manages to be extremely Exactly. Just, I almost feel like this was a horror movie made to scare me. And it did. did. (laughs) Are you ready to to jump in? Let's get into it, yeah. All right, let's get into it. So in the opening scene, it starts with text on the screen stating that three film student filmmakers... Uh, went into the woods in Burkittsville, Maryland, and a year later, their footage was found. The first scene is at Heather's house. She says that they're going into the woods that weekend to try to investigate the Blair Witch. She shows that she has all of these books on Blair Witch lore that she has read to prepare for the weekend and also like for actual filming of the movie. Another filmmaker does show up. His name is Josh. And then they all drive to the third person's house, Mike, 
who is not, doesn't seem to be a friend of theirs. He seems to be a hired for sound. Yeah, sound and other technical. So I would say Heather is the director producer. Josh is the DP, the director of photography. And then Mike is sound slash gaffer. Cause I think he also brings like some screens with him, but uh, yeah, sound and other technical stuff and camera right. too. I do want to ask, they kept mentioning something called a DAX and I had that. Yeah. No idea what that was. Digital audio tape. It was like a big Sony machine. Oh. And even though those machines have gotten smaller, we do still in sound design do the same setup that the guy had of like a thing around your neck and then the main pieces on your chest. Mm-hmm. And that's so like when you're booming, you can like have one arm up holding the boom and one arm mixing while people are talking. Oh, okay. It sucks. It, it sounds like it. Pain. Yeah, having to sounds get around like, sets. Yeah. You need like a lot of like good shoulder and back muscle to like hold yes. the boom and then like be doing other stuff at the same time. So back into the script, the group then goes to the store to get a last round of like food supplies before heading out. Yeah. And we cut to a diner where Heather's asking a teen girl if she knows about the Blair Witch, but the girl doesn't. And then Heather like states that she really wants the movie to be done in a serious manner. Like she doesn't want it to be a joke or poking fun um, mm-hmm. at anyone in the town. Yeah, this really, this kind of is following another reason I like it. It really follows like the classic three act story structure. So like the first for us is all like establishing the real world and really getting you to buy into these characters and these people. And then um, that includes all these extras. Yeah, the server girl I thought was the least good of the yeah. extras. Yeah, she was almost unnecessary because we're going to get to some actually really good extras uh, in a couple minutes here. Um, The old man at the convenience store was really sweet. (laughs) The mom was was rather informative. The baby was perfect. I don't think he even knew (laughs) what they were doing. (laughs) We'll we'll get to that in a sec. Mm -hmm. So the next scene is uh, is like a shot from the movie that Heather was shooting. Um, so she's in the cemetery and she begins to give an overview of Burkittsville, explaining the history. And then she explains that there were an unusually high amount of uh, child deaths in the 1940s, but no one really has an explanation for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then she implies that there is a reason that is related to the Blair Witch. So now we hit mm-hmm. on the town interviews, which are very good. Mm-hmm. Um, we cut back and forth between three different people. And so she's asking them if they've heard about the Blair Witch. There is an old man, is, is this the convenience store man, who says that there was a hermit that used to live out in the woods. Then we cut to a uh, lady with a kid, probably about two years old, um, who says she does know about the Blair Witch and she watched a documentary about it. Yeah, and then they, they taught about it in school too, like the, the legends of, of Maryland. Like, yeah. yeah <laughs> So, and then we cut to this guy with like wraparound sunglasses and a hat. Uh, (laughs) I call him backwards cap dude. Yeah, Accurate. Backwards cap man um, says it was a kid's story to keep kids from being bad, like a boogeyman. Yeah. Then there's like one shot with an older man who Mm -hmm. calls Heather, sir. (laughs) She's like, do you believe in the Blair Witch? He's like, no, sir. She's like, are you a religious man? (laughs) Yes. I... (laughs) Uh, I feel like that's just like some old man stuff like you just call people. I love it. I'm sure that they like recorded a like a decent chunk with him and they were like this is the one line that kind of works. Yeah 100%. So then there there is a old man who says that back in the 1940s a bunch of kids started disappearing and no one knows why. 
So we're like slowly starting to build the lore and like learn the history of, of what happened in this town. We're back to the lady with the baby. And she tells of two men who were hunting near the witch's cabin and then they disappeared off the face of the earth. I do want to point out that like, how would we know that they're by the cabin if no one ever came back? Like they could have disappeared anywhere in the woods, but like, mm -hmm. okay, like keeping up with the lore, I get it. We're back to the first old man who speaks of uh, a hermit who came down from the mountain from his house and told the cops that he's quote, I'm fin finally finished. Then the man continues to say that the hermit would take kids down to the basement of the house in twos and made one of them stand facing the corner and then would kill the other kid. And then he would take the kid from the corner and kill that one as well. Mm -hmm. A total of seven that were called the Burkittsville Seven. Right. He said he didn't like the eyes on him, which is why he made the other kid face the corner while he killed uh, the first one. And then this is this another one of my fears because I don't know if you had experienced these when you were younger, but right when I was in kindergarten, there was this boom of people liked buying these cute dolls of kids like huddled, like playing hide and seek. Dude. So my family is foreign. We would never. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like I have never, I never saw those until I was an adult. And that's when I mm. learned about them. My mom was a kindergarten teacher. And usually mm -hmm. the way it would go is the end of the day, I would go to her room and we'd leave from there. I went mm -hmm. to her room and she wasn't in there. I guess she was talking to another teacher or something, but there was a kid against the wall that looked like he was either playing hide and seek or crying. And I had yeah. never seen this before. So I like, I thought it was a kid and I was like, are you okay? Excuse me, are you okay? And like turned them and they have no face. Yes, and I was just, about to say, that's the worst part. They don't have faces. Oh, and they're, um, when Kate says that they look like they're crying it's because their, their arms are like crossed over like their faces when they're in the corners. Yeah, I don't, I think it's an Amish thing why they don't have faces. Like there is a reason behind it. And I think it's because of like the Amish, but I might be out here mm. just talking. Um, just, why do they bring that into a kindergarten? I was like, well, there's already kids know. here. We don't need a fake kid. Why did you do this? And they are child sized, aren't they? Like they're, yes. yeah, they're like, like my size. I just yes, think like they're the size of a full <laughs> child without a face that faces the corner. Like who the hell thought that that wasn't like nightmare inducing? I don't know. Um, <laughs> and to this day it's it's in my nightmares and i'm still like so yeah when once they introduced that as an aspect of this film i was like oh no 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 don't yeah. tell me there's gonna be that yeah for sure so the people in the town are <clears throat> it's kind of like quick cuts of people in the town asking whether they believe in the blair witch and it, it's like 50 50 mm -hmm. um but then there's an old man who says that uh, Mary Brown, a local crazy woman, literally how she's described, said that the whole woods up there are haunted. So next we go to Mary Brown's house. They meet Mary Brown, who's dressed like a very like conservative Christian woman. Like think of like a Waco type of cult. That's how she's dressed. And she says that she actually had a direct encounter with the Blair Witch. She says her and her dad were fishing in the woods when she felt like something was near her. So then she says she like turned and she saw the Blair Witch, which she described as like having really like hairy arms. She says like horse like hair, a horse. Yeah. like a horse, which is never a way I'd describe fur, but right. <laughs> like horse hair on her hands. And she was also wearing a shawl. And after staring at Mary Brown for a while, she opened up her shawl to show that she was covered in hair all over her body. 
And all she described the face as is, quote, just strange. It was a face. It was like a strange face. <laughs> yeah, strange face. Honestly, I honestly think that is a bit more scary just to say that it was weird and not explain, like, how it how? was weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then she, so, she's she like, mentions a Bible verse, I think, about the... So they say later she does, but she didn't in the scene. Yeah. Um, there are a bunch of deleted scenes for this movie. Um, it might have been in one of the deleted scenes. Mm. Uh, I started to watch them, but I ended up watching all the alternative endings instead. Oh, um, I didn't see those. All well, on YouTube. <laughs> apparently the, the, the passage she was supposed to reference was Genesis 31:52, which in one of the translations reads, this mound is a witness and this pillar is a witness that I will not, I will not go past this mound to harm you. And you will not go past this mound to harm me. So, so um, <laughs> that's going to be very important later. Okay, and I'll talk. They look that up. <laughs> right. I'll talk a little bit more about those mounds as we as we get there. So mm-hmm. after uh, Mary Brown, the filmmakers are like just making fun of her because they just think she's crazy. Side note: Don't do that. That's Rude. very distasteful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do mention here that they think they messed up in filming Mary Brown. Like they. I don't really know why this scene was kept in. Um, it doesn't really seem to have any impact on the movie as a whole, but they like talk about that for a while. So I took a note of it. Mm. Now they're back at the hotel. They do a final equipment check. They have some snacks and some drinks. And then they establish that um, the next day is the first day in the woods. So that night at their hotel, motel, whatever it was, was Holiday actually in, right? Holiday <laughs> was actually their first, first night of the set and their first time all meeting. So oh, there was okay. all, they're like, just get drunk together and kind of have, like, relax, have fun. Mm-hmm. When Heather says she's going to go call her mom, she literally did. Because she apparently said at that point, she wasn't sure if this was going to turn out to be a snuff film. And was oh, like, calling, her, calling her mom regularly and also brought like a big hunting knife with her just in case. Listen, like, yes. listen you got to protect yourself. You don't know these men. Mm-hmm. You don't know yeah. these men. Yeah, Two, I don't four blame her. Total. Yeah. yeah, I don't blame her. Honestly, I must say, all the actors in this did a really good job. I, I didn't write that down anywhere, but I do want to say, like, they're they're very good actors. It did feel believable, especially that they have such big, like, emotional arcs throughout this movie. And it feels natural. Like, their reactions don't feel, like, put on. Mm-hmm. So I, I do want to give them a shout out. I don't do think any of them act anymore. I mean, you wouldn't really need to <laughs> after, right. after the revenue from this, but... Apparently Josh still does. He does like little small roles. But okay. Yeah, Heather quit. She now grows medical cannabis, um, which is funny because I think that's also the scene where they're like, "Do we have any pot?" Yes. Like, it okay. Is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then um, uh, what's his name? Mike quit. But at the time that I watched 2016, he was running a movie theater. That's cool. Was yeah. Having a good time. Yeah. So the next morning is day two, but actually. It's really day one, day one in the woods. So the group heads out into the woods. They just like park their car at the side of the road before heading out. And they encounter some local fishermen on their way, on their way to the trails. And the fishermen begin to tell them like actual stories of the Blair Witch. I think these are the people who really get into the into the meat of it. One of the fishermen first off is like, you're all fools for going into the woods, <laughs> like just <laughs> flat out, which is a very like countryman type of thing to say. Um, and he tells them this myth. Back in the late 1800s, Robin Weaver wandered off and disappeared into the woods. 
Three days later, she just appeared back on her grandmother's porch, talking about an old woman whose feet never touched the ground. Wow. Yeah. Then Heather asks them about the story of Coffin Rock, and he tells them that all stories relate back to, quote, that old woman. I do want to say, I wish they had talked a little bit more in movie about the actual Blair Witch story. Um, yeah. They don't so much. We get more about, like, the children going missing and, like, the Coffin Rock story, which is coming up, than the actual mm. Blair Witch mythology. Yeah. Um, if, if you have more of that. I have a timeline, but I don't actually, yeah, I got this just from Googling and uh, going through, like, the website. So I don't know how much the movie actually said all this, but apparently it was uh, back in 1785 that the witch, the proposed witch originally, Ellie Kemper, was accused of being a witch. And they uh, left her for dead by exposure, by tying her to a tree, like mm-hmm. the base of a tree in this woods. Uh, and she died. And then the next year, 1786, start, children started disappearing in such volume that the whole town decided to just up and move. So they left, mm. they did some other, they made some other towns, but then uh, 20, 40 years later in 1823, new settlers arrived and formed or found Burkittsville on top of Blair. Mm-hmm. So they didn't, they didn't know any of that history. And then two years later, the 11 year old drowned um, and was pulled into the water. Um, and then just from then on, kids kept going missing. And then men started, or people started acting weird, supposedly on behest of her. That was that guy, Rustin Parr, that killed the Burkittsville Seven. That was 1941. And then since then, it was just a lot of kids dying for unknown reasons, but nothing like um, of that scale. Okay. Um, I do wish that were talked about like a little bit more but there's plenty of like really interesting and creepy things talked about in the movie but like the actual Blair Witch is a huge mystery even to the end yeah so the next scene they're still in the woods (laughs) it's gonna be most of most of this movie so into the woods uh the crew really gears up now leave the car um and they're walking through the woods to come to Coffin Rock um and like when I just wanted to know, like as they're like looking around the woods, I was like, I guess if you're not from this type of wood, it might be scary. It might look scary, but to me, I was looking at, it, I was like, that just looks like a nice like nature walk. <laughs> like, it didn't uh-huh. look scary to me at all, but um, didn't at first. I think that's honestly probably was the, like they want you to think feel like it's innocuous at first, mm-hmm. and then once you're in it, you know, and you can't yeah. get out. Right. (laughs) So Heather uh, films the next part of her movie showing herself reading from a book about Coffin Rock. And this story, it explains how five men were tied together and were tortured to death with like their their guts were taken out and, and all this other awful stuff. And writing was carved into their faces. Um, the men who found the bodies left to go get the cops, but once they all returned, all the bodies were gone, but vultures mm-hmm. were still there and it still smelled like death. Yeah. So that's the and coffin rock thing people are mentioning throughout this movie. I don't know why they don't explicitly say it in the movie. They say they were tied together, but in the in like the extra materials, it says that they were tied together in the form of a pentagram. Oh. So all their bodies were laying out like that. Yeah. That does make it different. Yeah. So there are five. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, they finish filming this segment, pitch their tents, and go to sleep for the night. 
uh, now it's the next morning, day three. They all wake up and some of the men say that they heard noises in the night. And one of them says, uh, one of the noises was an owl, but the other one was like a cackling noise. And no one seems as concerned about this as they should be. Right. I do have a fun fact though. In real life, if you hear that noise in the woods, it probably is a red fox. They make a sound called geckering, which is the sounds that they make either when they're fighting or if they're playing. But it does sound a bit like human cackling. Yeah. Or, yeah, we also, when I grew up or in Virginia, we had that forest behind our house and lady foxes calling for their for their yeah. babies. Vixen Literally sounds like a scream. Yeah. Sounds mm -hmm. like a woman being murdered. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you've never heard it, I really actually do suggest to look it up on YouTube. Look for a vixen scream. And it literally sounds like a woman being stabbed. It's yeah. crazy. It's awful. Um, <laughs> um, I used to hear that behind my house as well. And it used to scare me as a kid because I didn't know what it was. Right. Uh, and now I'm just like, oh, it's just just little foxy ladies. <laughs> um, I don't know. I grew up with a like a science teacher mom and even her telling me it didn't help. I was just like, but what if the one time it's not and then we won't know because I think it's a vixen. <laughs> I guess you just won't know. Right. So um, I think this third day is is when we get to 22 minutes in is like the first quote unquote scary thing in their lives. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The rocks. Oh, no, no, no. The rocks aren't for a minute. Oh, yeah. What's the 20? What's the, what's the point? Um, this is just the noises. And we will, oh, the, the rocks come in a second. I'm going to get there. Give me a second. Oh, okay, sorry. I didn't take so I, I do want to like kind of talk about like Heather for a sec. So like Heather claims that they started off map and all the, the men are like, I mean, we were definitely lost for a portion of yesterday. And she's just like insistent that like they were never lost. She always knew where they were going. And sometimes they like we're off trail like don't worry about it guys like we're totally like, fine i know that it, there might have been some confusion but we were never lost but we were never like, lost i'm like if you were confused in the woods confused. you were lost girl <laughs> like <laughs> like i do oh want to say God. like when you're in the woods you like there's never a point where you should be like hiking off trail like unless mm -hmm. you like actually know where you're going like do not mm -hmm. hike off trail it's ridiculous so they like hike throughout the day they're really just making like tons of jokes about the Blair Witch and rich witchcraft. She keeps saying she knows where they're going. All the guys keep calling her on her bullshit. Um, Mike is especially pissed off because he's like, I only joined this because you guys said that the trail had been previously scouted beforehand. Like mm -hmm. if you're making a movie, you pre-scout locations. That's actually a whole role to do a location scout. Yeah. Um, so and they he continue. rented the equipment and yes. flew back. <laughs> yeah, everything was rented. Like, uh -huh. like they got to go back to work. Everything is rented. Like, we, we can't just be digging around out here. Right. So they keep going on their way. I do want to say, like, they really do make Heather out to be, like, this really annoying or over-enthusiastic filmmaker. But it yeah. kind of really fits. Like, it really it, does. It does fit. And especially, like being a femme on film studios you or film sets you really do have to impress your opinion to be heard at all because mm -hmm. they'll just start talking over you they'll just start being like you could say something decide something and they'll be like eh, i think we should do it this way like well we're gonna just start doing this and it's like no we're gonna do it the way i said it because i'm directing it so right but that doesn't give an excuse to to uh not tell people when you're lost you should definitely own up yeah. when you're not yeah, sure, for sure. You're 
So now we get to the seven cairns that they find in the woods. And then they try to remember the, the verse that Mary Brown was telling them earlier. This was the, the Bible verse Kate had said earlier. Mm -hmm. So fun fact, a cairn, which is a small, small or big, could be any size pile of rough stones that are typically built as a memorial or a landmark. Um, they're made by a bunch of different cultures all over the world, but the, world, the word we use is from Scottish Gaelic, um, and these were clearly for the seven children that were killed by that man um, in the woods. In I did house. not know that they were an actual thing. That's cool. Cairns. Yeah, Cairns. Yeah. Cairns. Um, and that was apparently, I guess, I didn't know this until yeah, looking into it, but that was, I guess, the Blair Witch being like, this is your last chance. Don't cross these rocks right here. So... <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, in, in real life, a cairn is, it's just that, it's just a pile of rocks, like, um, it could have religious significance, it could not, it depends, but what you really shouldn't do is mess with it, you should leave it alone. And of course, they decide to go back and film the cairns at night, and they accidentally knock one over. Um, Heather said, tries to put it back. Josh, Josh, you yeah. accidentally knocked one over, and that was one of the things that made them decide to change filming. It was supposed to be Mike but oh. it was accidentally Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that explains kind of the flip in characterization between Mike and Josh as the movie goes on. I think so, yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> Genuine oops. <laughs> so Heather tries to put it back and like tries to do a kiss to make it better, but like when you're fucking around with the supernatural, that's not enough. Mm -mm. So that night, Heather finally hears what is making the noise in the woods and of course pulls out the camera to film it. All we can really hear are like the snapping of a lot of branches. And Mike said, has again, the only correct reaction in saying like, he's not going to go investigate that shit, even though Heather tries to like shame him for being scared. Yeah. No. no. Mm -hmm. So next morning, day four, the group talks about what it could have been in the woods the night before. Josh says it was someone messing with their heads, even though like no one actually knows where they are. Mike still says he's not fucking around with either people or anything else that could be out there. He's like, <laughs> if it's out here, like I don't want to mess with it. Um, Very good choice. Right. Mike, they keep walking throughout the day and they should be actually finished filming at this time. They should be heading back. And Mike says he doesn't recognize the area that they're going through as a way to get back to the car. Heather just like straight up bullshits him and says they have to take a different way back because they came in on a curve. And I'm like, that doesn't make a lick of sense. Right. Not not a lick of so sense. Go back on the curve. Like yeah. what? <laughs> so Josh is like, why the fuck are we taking a different path back if the way here was a shortcut? Heather right. is just bullshitting him and is like, oh, well, the way in was the best way to hit the different spots to film, but this way is the shortest way back to the car. I mean, just like talking at her ass. Mm -hmm. Even after a map check, uh, Heather claims they're still on track, <clears throat> but the two guys are like, like, we don't know where we are. Like, they're like, we're lost. And she's like insisting that they're not. Liza Minnelli. <laughs> and because of this, they actually have to camp for another night when they were not planning to. They were planning to be back at the car today. Mm. that night um and all of this causes like huge fights so that night they hear more sounds in the woods and heather still wants to capture it with her camera and 
they hear the snapping of large branches. If you've ever snapped like small, and I mean like probably like tree limbs, like it sounds like huge, big breaking of, of limbs and stuff. And Ooh. Heather decides to like leave the tent to go out and like film and call oh. hello into the woods. And I was like, girl. <laughs> so they were trying to find you. Now they know where you are. <laughs> exactly. So they check the time and it's 3 a.m. Now, fun <laughs> fact, this is the witching hour. Uh, it's the hour between 3 to 4 a.m. where witches, demons, ghosts, etc., are thought to appear and be at their most powerful. Black magic is also said to be the strongest at this time because the veil between the worlds are thinnest. AKA stay in your tent time. <laughs> AKA you know, like, <laughs> no, like at this point, I'm like, you guys are already fucked. <laughs> like it's too yeah. late. So I just think it's so weird that they had in 99, I, I checked, they did have satellite phone technology. So you bring a GPS thing, you bring a, or sorry, in the terms of the movie, they didn't. But why wouldn't Heather have bought a, a satellite phone? I guess because that would have been. I mean, I think in 1994, that would have been like incredibly expensive. And if they're just That's film true. students who had to rent their equipment, they good couldn't point. have afforded a satellite phone. Good point. Good point. Yeah. So next morning, day five. The group wakes up to find now three cairns of their own outside of their camp. Right outside. Like, like open the flap and it's like right there. <laughs> um, very clearly a memorial for them now. Like, nope. it's it. Like, this is it. It's a wrap. You guys are going to die. Um, mm. Josh is like, wrap it up. Pack your shit. We're going to go. Yeah. And Heather, <sighs> Heather is somehow mad that they're leaving when, quote, shit is finally happening. And I was like, Heather. No. Heather. Heather, no. shit has happened. Shit has, mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't want shit to happen. <laughs> like, no. that's, that's probably why there's no Black people in this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, also, <laughs> not Maryland. But, like, yeah. like no, ma'am. So Never. they keep walking throughout the day, and Heather claims that the map is missing. Like, but I felt like late, like later, like they cut to her, like they cut to them already having been walking. And it's like, why did you guys even leave the camp if you didn't have the map? Have the map. I don't know. Why did you I say it then? Because yeah. now you have to backtrack to find where you had camped to look uh-huh. for the map again. <laughs> right. So Josh and Mike are pissed at her for not having it. And she claims that one of them must have taken it. Mike says that they should just follow the creek and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Josh is like, we just need to put all this blame aside of like who did what and like just focus on getting out. Mm-hmm. And then Heather <laughs> claims that uh, they'll be fine because it's hard to get lost in America. <laughs> so like Heather, I do have some fun facts. <laughs> um, in 1994, uh, 900 and 954, 896 people cumulatively were uh had missing persons files in the u.s <laughs> so um, oh my god no people went missing all of the time it is decreasing heather. like now but like it was still quite high at that time um, no internet, and heather. <laughs> another fun fact <laughs> is that to this day we do not know how many people go missing in national parks because the national park services does not keep a database on this um This is, yes, this is real. Uh, This is a really interesting rabbit hole to go down. And of course, like, you know, conspiracies are abound with like where these people go. It's like 
supernatural, government conspiracy, aliens, it goes down a whole bunch of different routes. But like, for real, we do not know how many people go missing in national parks every year. It could be hundreds, it could be thousands, we have literally no idea. I feel like, I mean, I know they've gotten their funding cut a lot, but I feel like that wouldn't be that, like, why don't they want to start? Okay, I'm going to Google that later. That's curious. Yes, yes. it's super fascinating. Uh, there is a documentary by um, uh, last name Pleiades, and it's called Missing 411, which is mm-hmm. all about that, all about people going missing in the national parks. Mm-hmm. Now, again, he does definitely go down some conspiracy theory routes, but like at the core of the issue, people are missing. No one knows how many. No one knows where they go. That's Why crazy. not? Oh, it's God. very interesting. This um, is just still ramping up. Like ever since I moved out to the Pacific Northwest, people keep inviting me to go camping. I'm like, I'm sorry. That's the one. Maybe someday, maybe someday, but not anytime soon. I just, I know it's safe. I know people come back all the time, but that that just added to a list of reasons. I'm like, have you seen Missing 411? Well, I haven't yet either, but it exists and that sounds terrifying. Yeah, it's on, uh, it's on Hulu. Okay, good, good. good. Yeah. It, oh my it's God. Good. You're going to be like, oh, I'm never going to the woods. <laughs> Wait, have you ever been camping in the woods? Oh, no. I'm black. No? Okay, no. same thing. No. <laughs> You're just more nature than me. That's why I thought if I, maybe. I do go on like day hikes and stuff. That is true. Mm-hmm. I'll go like on a nature walk and day hikes, but like. Yeah, um, I like day hikes Camping too, but yeah. in the woods? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, it'd have to be like at a campsite. Like I, I'd probably do a campsite. Would I go to like, up? we're going to do a five day hike and just camp out over? Absolutely not. Uh Uh-uh. Good, good. (laughs) Yeah, good. So going back into the movie, Mm -hmm. um, they keep going and everyone's becoming a bit manic and Heather keeps accusing one of them of having the map and hiding it from her. This was the part I didn't understand. Yeah, I'm, I I don't love this part. So like yeah. the guys are laughing ostensibly at the situation is what Josh says, but then Mike finally admits that he had accidentally kicked the map into the creek. But no, it wasn't an accident. He just kicked the map into the creek because he felt like the map was useless because they yeah, weren't so getting they could home. Yeah, they weren't getting anywhere and they couldn't read it. But then mm-hmm. Heather said, I could read it. Even if you couldn't read it, I could read it. And it's like, Heather, is this like a, a magical map now? Like a demon map that you were looking at? Because how come only you could read it? Is it like yeah. the Mr. Krabs map of like... Which house? But it's just a board game. But yeah. Uh, I mean, it was a it was a to- topography map. Is that what it's called? Like to oh, see yeah. The- top, top, yeah. Yeah. Um, like when they were showing it, I was like, this map looks really complicated. Like I, I know I'm a very much like young millennial, so I haven't had to read many real maps in real life, but like, and it doesn't make compli- sense because they didn't scale anything. They didn't really need yeah. to know the highs uh, and lows. <laughs> if you're not familiar with this area of the country, the mid Atlantic, we do have mountains here, but where they are is not part of like the Shenandoah mountain range or anything or the Blue Ridge mountains either. So it's like, mm-hmm. it'd be really hard to see like, like landmarks in on a map like that, because there's like no big landmarks to like track yourself with, like right. you're just walking through dense woods. So the only thing it, they really bother them were the rivers, which a regular map shows. So. Exactly. It is <laughs> interesting. Um, sure. 
So at this point, Heather just starts like screaming and Josh and attacks. Well, Mike, Mike is screaming too, but like Josh then attacks him. Um, oh, yeah. And then, you know, they all resolve it eventually. And I guess then, it gets, it's off screen because the camera's jostling so much, mm-hmm. but it's either Mike or Josh says to Heather, if you bite me one more time, I'm like, she's biting them. She is. Here? She like... is biting them. Um, looking at my notes here, I feel like I made a note of it, but I guess I didn't. Sorry, but it yeah, might have been later, but they started jostling at that point. Like her camera went up to him and like started like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, it was, was happening. A little bit difficult to see to like tell because mm-hmm. there's so much camera movement here. Yeah, but they do keep going on the on their way, <clears throat> and Mike is up ahead of them because. I don't know, like, if he's pissed, but I'm just like, you threw the map in the water. Like, right. everyone else should be mad. But yeah. he's ahead of them, and he calls out, telling them that he's found some, quote, voodoo shit. Again, just, just use of the word voodoo oh, whenever people feel like it. But well, this is where remember we get Remember, earlier in his intro, we heard some of the most authentic 90s indie rock we'd ever so we did. this is that kind of person. Yeah, yeah. we did. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like... There's nothing, there's no outfits of note in this movie, but like, yeah, fashion kind of hasn't changed. Like, right. the outfits they're wearing, like, if I saw someone wearing that today, I'd be like, yep, plaid literally, yeah. probably what some people, especially over here, wear Lots for of sure. A lot of plaid. <laughs> um, so now we get we start seeing the iconic stick figure from the fan franchise, and they see it hanging from the trees in all different sh- sizes and shapes, and like things that are making them I wanted to ask you do you think the sounds of the snapping branches throughout the movie were was the witch like collecting sticks to make these things yes absolutely yes okay absolutely I think so yeah and I kind of love that too just like a crafty witch like kind of checking on them like have they made any progress no okay more (laughs) and then just like gathering more sticks from the trees to make her crafts um I thought this was great both because it's like so so simple it's so scary so 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 scary yeah and it's really such an iconic like image like it's Mm -hmm. I feel like it's hard to make a very recognizable and you know immediately right that's your thing and they they yeah they created a whole like now if if anytime I see that I'm like that's yeah Blair Witch immediately um this actually reminds me of like how creepy just like simple things in the woods can be. Do you remember when Mackenzie went on the walk in the woods and she found all those carved faces in the trees? Yes. Yes. It's like probably just an artist, but my God, what if it's like, like a curse thing? Yeah. Right. I think she's, she was like on a hike and it was just like suddenly some of the trees started to have carved faces in them. Yeah. Like Dude. frightening, weird stuff in the woods. <laughs> Oh, I kept thinking about Mackenzie too, just because like Heather kind of reminded me of Mackenzie a little bit, my mm-hmm. friend. And so I was just like, oh my god, like except that all the choices she made, Mackenzie would <laughs> Mackenzie would never make those choices. Never. Like she's she's not uh, dumb. Yeah. Um, but Heather here again is so insistent upon filming the figures for her project, even after the guys are like screaming at her to stop. And I mean like full panic, full like like really feels real agitation like stop filming oh my, we need yeah. to go stop it and she's like okay okay and it's just like I don't know I don't know if she was touching them too because the camera gets up really close I have a fun I think, fact oh <laughs> here we go so uh-huh. while I didn't get to watch uh, all the deleted scenes in this scene there is a deleted scene where Heather actually 
cuts down one of the figures and takes header header i know you talk about like antagonizing the witch she really they really do a good job knocking down cairns taking her stick figures like it's a wrap killed us all bitch yeah what the hell Mm -hmm. my god she doomed them and I have one little fun fact. I don't know if they said that in your doc, but the biggest one that, that is there, the biggest stick man, mm-hmm. they nicknamed Sasquatch on the set, oh. which I was like, that's really cute. <laughs> it was kind of like, had like moss and stuff on it. It was kind of fuzzy. I didn't think about it until we were like taking notes this time. I've seen it several mm-hmm. times, but do you think all that fuzzy was supposed to be like the horsehair arms or like a horsehair on the body? Maybe. Maybe. Right. I don't know. It was like, yeah. If, if you're not from the Southeast or like the Mid Atlantic, too, we have um, a lot of hanging moss and stuff. Um, so that could be it. If, uh, interesting. Maybe. So Maybe my just final. Fuzzy, fuzzy was scary, too. I don't know. More, more texture. Not yeah. <laughs> all the figures were a little bit different each, all in mm-hmm. composition, but all the same figure at the end of the day. And the final little thing I had here um, is that as they're like packing up to leave here, like they're about to walk out of this, you hear the sound of cicadas, which I was like, it's like fall to winter. Uh, Again, if you're not from this area uh, of mid-Atlantic and Southeast, cicadas are like high summer insects. Like they only come out when it's like extremely hot out. Um, that's so, so interesting they they must have added that in post because i know mm-hmm. they did film in october so they just probably thought it was scary i mean yes yeah, cicadas are kind of creepy sounding yeah i guess i guess to me i'm just like ooh, we're fully in summer now yeah um, so going back to the movie now it's nighttime again mike is insisting that they don't light any fires because he feels like uh the mm-hmm. fires are attracting the things at night mm-hmm. and they wake up to hear whispering outside of their tent and then that like goes into hearing little kids like vocalizing outside the tent and like laughing and playing and then something starts to like rustle the tent sending all three of them just like running out into the night yeah (laughs) and I'm like this to me most scary so scary (laughs) I agree yeah because again they knew that like stuff was going to happen at night but they didn't know what Mm-hmm. So that I think a lot of that was their genuine reaction. Apparently, when they run out of the tent, it actually took them like eight or nine takes oh, because God. it kept the in their in their like hustling and bustling. They kept knocking the lens off of the camera <laughs> and not like recording anything. Um, and like all of their reactions are genuine. So like all their while they're running, they're like, "What the fuck is that? What the fuck is that?" That's all yeah. genuine. This was also supposed to be the one time in the film that we saw a glimpse of the Blair Witch. They actually, Did you see it? I didn't see it. Is there a deleted scene? No. I mean, there no, might they, be. I didn't watch all of them. So. I think they literally didn't get it on camera because, again, they, they did so many takes just to make sure they that the camera was working from the time they left the tent until outside the tent mm-hmm. that they finally got it working. And then Josh was supposed to be the one that turns the camera, but he was so scared that he turned his head, but he didn't turn the camera. Oh, but they had they had an extra there standing in like they said white fabric, almost ga- gauze like fabric, mm-hmm. and then like um just like lots of hair, and standing on like a, on a hill nearby, and they oh, wanted. I, I didn't see them. any of that. No. They, I don't. I think he literally didn't even turn the camera, but they were like, yeah, they were terrified and screaming. But I think it, it was better that we did. Yeah. But 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that we never see um, the mm-hmm. witch. So um, they're all running and, he- oh, this might've been it. Heather sees something in the woods and it calls her to scream, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? And she just keeps repeating it. And yeah. that's probably when we should have seen the Blair Witch, but we, yeah. we just didn't. Um, so, but they all managed to reconvene because they kind of got scattered and they turn off all their cameras and um, they're talking about how they're hearing a baby scream in the woods. Fun fact. If you hear a baby screaming or crying in the woods, it is likely, like for real, likely a mountain lion vocalizing. Mm. It sounds very similar to a human baby screaming. Um, you should be careful. <laughs> mountain yeah. lions do kill people. So um, they, wow. do, you should be scared, but for a different reason. It's not supernatural. Yeah. It is a mountain lion. Good tip. Um, yes. Giving you all sorts of Screaming. woodland tips. <laughs> I think they really did um, record kids for this. Yeah. yeah, it sounded like actual children. And it did sound like an actual baby. Hmm. So now it's the but next real morning. Life. Mountain lion, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, day six. Uh, now the group actually gets back to the tent because the, the sun is now out and they find it like all disheveled and some of their pack stuff. They say it's missing, but like everyone does get their stuff back. But specifically Josh's shit. Yeah, Josh's shit is really all <laughs> fucked up and there's mm-hmm. some kind of slime on his bag. I didn't get that. I didn't see the slime, but they kept saying that there was slime. Um, right. I guess it's like ectoplasm oh ectoplasm I guess I was just thinking like all the lore they said like sometimes she comes out of the water sometimes she comes from the woods so I thought maybe like pond scum but I don't know I don't know either they never showed (laughs) yeah they didn't show it so or maybe they didn't just the camera quality was so 1999 that like it was just like okay right um Heather keeps insisting upon filming for no reason Mm -hmm. Uh, Josh is pissed. Mike actually like attacks her and this is where she bites him. Oh, Um, okay. okay, okay. Yeah. So I think this is the only found footage movie that I personally know that really like shows that like people are not okay with like the constant filming when shit's happening. Like she's doing it, but everyone else is just like, why are Ah. you doing this? Like, stop. We have so much going on. Yeah. Um, but then Josh takes the camera for a while and he like says he understands why she likes it because looking the lens is like looking through a, a filtered reality. Yeah, um, he had a I, I wrote that it was a little like a nice waxing poetic right moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like um, the world, you can pretend the reality doesn't exist. Oh. Right. Josh is having a breakdown. Like there's mm-hmm. no other way around it. Mike is being like uh, he's like laying on the ground like in the background like crying and Mike is being compassionate and wants to give him literally like five minutes and like Mm -hmm. Heather is like not being sympathetic she's just like well we have to go and I'm like to me I'm just like at this point five minutes of letting him like cry it out is not going to impact you right like but no yeah I feel like go ahead they um well like I was gonna say hmm I'll save it. I'll save it for uh, 
the close-up scene. But all right, Heather's a little bit doesn't really care about anybody. <laughs> yeah. So Heather, <laughs> Heather again claims that it's not possible for them to be lost forever because, and I quote, "This is America, and we have destroyed most of our natural resources." And I was like, "Girl." So like one, not true. Two, um, just because they're like some of our resources have been depleted and I know we've done a lot with like the ecosystem since then, but like <clears throat> in America, there are huge stretches of just like empty land throughout the country, just like completely empty. So what an absurd thing to say. I know Maryland's like not a huge, huge state, but like even a small state in the U.S. is a huge landmass. So right, absurd. And she had all those books about hiking and getting a lot. <clears throat> Sorry, she had all those books about hiking that I'm sure they addressed being lost and that it is a possibility and what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the reason that they're lost is very clearly supernatural. Like, like there's nothing they could have really done here, but like. But not admitting like, into it doesn't help. <laughs> it does, yeah. Like it's very strange. So they keep going, and they realize they have walked in a huge, big circle when they see a down tree across a river that they have already crossed. Um, mm. They had actually walked south <laughs> all day, like according to their compass, but they ended up right back in the same place. Uh, <clears throat> very clearly, this is a supernatural thing doing this to them. Um, compass is pointing you to evil. Not I mean, <laughs> there was no escaping at this point. It was a wrap. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So Josh is spiraling out. Mike is now the peacekeeper of the group when it used to be the opposite. Um, yeah. And I think it's because Josh knocked over the Karen like behind the scenes. Yeah. That This is where I think like they really make sure that their roles are shifted. Mm-hmm. So Mike is like, all right, <clears throat> we have to sleep in shifts. Um we have to do some prep work because we're out here longer than we expected to be. And uh, Josh is just kind of insisting that Heather did this to them and that she's still like focused on making a movie. She isn't wrong. Which, yeah, she was. <laughs> so the night passes. She didn't hire her friends, she hired strangers. <laughs> right. Uh, the night passes without any big incident, but the next morning, uh, Heather and Mike wake up to see that Josh is missing. This is day seven. Um, it's where we Heather, I would say Heather mentions where you begin the yeah roller coaster. Um, and I just want to say I'm saying day seven because like the first day they were like in the town, and truly this would be day six. So like in the woods, they had seven days in total in filming. They had eight days, and mm-hmm. I think the seven days in the woods is also significant to the seven children. Yeah, agree. So, Um, This is like day seven of filming, day six of woods. Uh, Josh is missing. All of his stuff is still there. Mm -hmm. And uh, they decide to go east. And I just thought this was funny based off like Wizard of Oz rules. Right. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, all right, the Wicked Witch of the East is uh, better than the West. So I guess you go east. (laughs) Sure. Why not at this point? I mean, at that point. They don't don't have anything. Yeah. Um, So... I think, yeah, they're walking a little bit and they start to hear Josh, they think. Um, it's that night. So oh, night, that pa- night falls, they set up a mm-hmm. tent again 
and they start to hear Josh shouting in pain, um, even though Heather's worried that it might be a trick. And I was like, good now girl. you're now you're thinking about that now, right? Good. Finally. But like never. despite this, they still go up in the woods to call and look for him. And like Kate, like I have three best friends. You are one of them. Uh, <laughs> I love you to death. If all this shit went down, I would not go. And I would expect you to do the same. Do not come. Yes, correct. It is a supernatural trick. <laughs> right. Um, I'm already gone. Right. I would not so, want you to come join no. me if I were somewhere. <laughs> no. Get the cops. Get the, no, not the cops, but get somebody. Get somebody. Get the Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, call whatever church shaman of your choosing. But um, Call uh, Zach, Zach Baggins. Zach, that's exactly <laughs> who you should call. You should call Zach Baggins to come and get me. Because if he dies, you know, <laughs> then I mean, uh, we'll get him a bedazzled coffin and, and send him out on his way. I love it. He'll probably be happier. Yeah. Yeah. God. <laughs> so um, they still go out in the woods to go look for Josh, but they can't find him and return to the tent. Now we're on day eight, uh, day seven in the woods. Heather return leaves the tent and finds a bundle of sticks like right outside. And it's tied mm-hmm. a strip from Josh's flannel shirt. Um, they say they're going to keep walking, but like they don't actually. They just like sit and like kind of have a breakdown. Like Mike is like uh, doing like the soothing rocking back and forth and Heather sits with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather gets up to go inspect the bundle of sticks and like <clears throat> opens it up to find um, it has a little pouch again made of josh's shirt of bloody teeth hair and apparently a piece of his tongue which causes heather to like freak out um she washes her hands and then doesn't tell mike and they continue on i was thinking about this i was like if we were ever in some situation for some reason would you want to know about that package because i don't you would want to know i don't know if i would want to know although i guess to me like because I'm like, if you're hearing, okay, we're about to get to like, like the final act of the movie, the final little section. Mm-hmm. But if I know like some of his teeth, hair, and we have a piece of his tongue, then it's like, he can't be calling for us. True. He can't True. be talking. He can't be calling right. for us. So if we hear him, mm-hmm. it's not him. That's true. So we know it's a trick. For sure. So, yeah, good point. So I was like, I don't even know. Like, why does she even? Because she said she was going to move the sticks. Which, first of all, why are you going to move the sticks? Just dog, just step around the sticks, mm-hmm. but then go into the sticks is like, I don't know. It's like the witch left them a care. Well, the opposite of the care package, I guess, a curse package. But I feel like there there are things within like <clears throat> witchcraft that are like, um, I think they're called you know what let me actually not because you know if any of our listeners uh practice modern uh witchcraft they're gonna be like just super fucking wrong (laughs) but like there there are things within like modern witchcraft that have like pieces of of like the nails or hair or blood or spit of a person Mm. um so this that might have been like something like that but like i'm not really sure I do know that they were real human teeth because one either one of the two directors went to a local dentist and asked if he could have some teeth and they gave them. So the dentist just had teeth? 
Yeah, I guess they just keep the teeth. Yeah, I don't know what (laughs) what he normally does. It's like, "Mm, I won't give you my good teeth, but I'll give you these teeth I wasn't planning on using. (laughs) Using for for crafts and activities? Like, what's happening? (laughs) Probably. Why not? You give them to Voltaire. Oh, yeah, he would make something cool. Now we're at uh, the final part. It's the nighttime of the seventh night. Uh, This is when the infamous scene from the movie happens where Heather is like filming herself from the nose up. Mm -hmm. Um, She is crying and speaking directly into the camera, apologizing to the moms of both Josh and um, Mike, as well as her own mom, uh, saying that she was naive and she keeps apologizing. Um, And this is where I would have loved they had I don't know if it was filmed at all or if they just left it out but Mm -hmm. um, part of the supplemental releases they came out with this book that was like basically a compilation of everything about the film both real and not real Mm -hmm. and during the filming Heather was told to keep a journal and did and uh, like in it wrote like more of her backstory and apparently since before like since she started thinking about making this documentary in universe before they actually started filming she was sending energy out to the Blair Witch to try to like coax her because she wanted to catch her on camera so she was like so like thinking about her every other night and like being like please we want to meet you please come out I'm sending you my energy and it's like what are you doing sure girl yeah I'll meet you (laughs) exactly oh god mm. So Heather really did not care about them. (laughs) Oh, and also, fun fact, uh, she did not know, because the camera that she was using didn't have a digital, like, playback uh, monitor. Mm -hmm. Didn't have a monitor attached. So she didn't know how tight she was filming, and she didn't mean to film that tight. She thought her whole face was in frame. Oh, it's actually almost better that it's not, because it's just, like, so spur of the moment and, like, you know, it wasn't. Yeah, it felt very real. Mm -hmm. So... Um, while she's recording, she hears a noise and says that she's going to die out there. Um, her and Mike hear a man yelling in the woods that night. And this time he's actually like saying words before it was just like sounds, uh, Mm -hmm. like nonverbal screaming. This time it was actually words. Mm -hmm. Um, I I mentioned here, Heather knows Josh now doesn't have a tongue. So I don't know why they go to chase it down the noises but that would be the time to be like it's not him it's not him his tongue was cut out it's not him (laughs) god could you imagine hearing that in the moment though at least like if you know ahead of time you're like oh no but like you're about to start running another one's like so his tongue is gone Uh, so don't um but they do they go follow the noise and it leads them to a derelict house in the woods um mike goes uh, into the house even though Heather's like don't go in the house house, Um, they're each filming separately at this point they each have one of the two cameras Mm -hmm. but um, they connect back they're both walking through the house trying to find Josh Mike goes all the way up the stairs because he feels like he hears Josh up there but what we see as he's going up is that all the walls are covered in children's handprints Um, this is so cool because Apparently when they found the house, it was actually covered in graffiti. Mm-hmm. So they had to first repaint the house entirely. Oh. And then and one of the producers had a little nephew that just dipped their hand. It was like one kid's hands that just constantly did it all. It's like, well. Oh. <laughs> but then imagine after filming, if you were just like in the woods and you find this house, just wander through it. And then it's just covered in all this creepy shit. 
Well, actually, apparently it was so quickly, like people loved this so much, they quickly went to go find it. And people were taking actual chunks of the house. That's fascinating. So like that happens a lot. Um, mm. Back in the day, uh, whenever like, it, when, before like police used to secure crime scenes and stuff, uh, it was really common <laughs> for people to like go to crime scenes and literally like steal pieces of like the house of the room like they would like t- tear the house apart and like take it and do what to have like what? memorabilia like oh this is a piece Crazy. of the murder house and it's like what that's insane i get i don't understand it but that's a weirdly mm. common human thing that people do they well i guess it happened so much that the town got tired of it and they demolished it in like 2000 or 2001 so to me yeah. i'm like now that's really a crate now that's a spot with i don't know that was a really old house that was actually made in the 1800s and you tore it down because people were bothering it. And now, I don't know. I don't want <laughs> to go on that site. Bad energy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they get all the way up to the attic and Josh obviously isn't there. There's still, again, every wall has child handprints, child hiding down. Um, but then Josh starts running downstairs claiming that he hears Josh downstairs. Again, we do hear Josh screaming the whole time. Mm-hmm. Heather is screaming like, real screaming like yeah. the other the only other movie I can say that I feel like it sounded like real screaming to me was when I watched Hereditary and yeah. um uh oh my god Colette what yeah uh Tony Colette Tony Colette was screaming after the daughter died that mm. also felt like real screaming to me mm. so Heather's screaming but like Mike's on his way he goes gets all the way to the basement and when he gets down there like the camera drops to the floor up back to Heather she is screaming the whole time going down the stairs we can see things like words not in English and symbols carved into the walls but I couldn't tell you what they were um still screaming she goes all the way to the basement um she's looking around looking around and then she turns a corner and sees uh Mike standing facing the corner just like the children did in the story (sighs) And then her camera drops to the floor. She continues screaming and we hear like a thud and it stops. Her screaming stops and that's it. So (sighs) I did watch four alternative endings. (laughs) Oh, okay, cool. I didn't see any. So the only differences are uh, in one, Mike is still facing the corner, but those stick figures are all hanging from the ceiling. the second one, Mike is uh, facing towards us with the stick figures, but they're all swinging, like all the Ooh. stick figures are swinging. Mm. Um, the fourth one is Josh hung from like a, oh. like a what a are noose? they called? Yeah, from a noose from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one is stick figures again, but Mike is like floating in the midst oh, of all the stick figures. Like his feet don't touch the ground. That's kind of cool. Yes. I will say though, for me, the simplest yeah. one was the best choice. I agree. Yeah. I because think maybe the, the stick figures would have been kind of scary. But yeah, the, the just in the corners, like, oh, you know what that, you know what that means. You know what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're remembering from, oh my God. Yeah. And that's it. That's that's the whole Blair Witch movie. Um, I quite enjoyed it. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. That was 
I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, like I said, it was such a, they were just making it because same thing. They felt like the horror scene was getting cluttered with stupid slashers, too much comedy, too much navel gazing, stuff like that. But they just like didn't anticipate how crazy popular it was going to be. Um, and actually to that point, I don't know what the actors agreed to get paid for this, but yeah. I, I know they didn't get as much as they should have supposedly once they hit 100 million at the box office um it wasn't Lionsgate I forget which whoever distributed it sent each of the main actors a fruit basket what like Ooh, how dare you I would return I would say return oh, to send yeah. get that oh, out of here <laughs> what a slap in the face um I think yeah. one thing that I've learned just from like liking movies and doing all this kind of research is like mm. as an actor always take a percentage mm-hmm. of the movie rather than like a flat cut like you might have like, I'll take, you know, this is just completely off the top of my head. I'll take $500,000 and a 10% cut of any revenue from the movie or like 5%, you know, depends on what you can get. Always take that percentage because you'll probably make more money in the long run, especially if the movie goes into like, um, well, you don't really have syndication anymore, but like, you know, if it goes on Netflix or streaming, Hulu or yeah. streaming like you'll mm-hmm. get more money in residuals so exactly uh just a quick tip for me <laughs> totally um, agree yeah i'm sure like they had no idea how big it would get but even mm-hmm. then like mm-hmm. yeah and i think it was most of their first roles ever so. yeah yeah mm-hmm. they're all unknowns i'll say um this is this does have a sequel as kate said that came out in 2016 um we're not going to watch that one for the podcast, which is a, a change from how we usually do things. Uh, we could, you know, I'm, I wasn't a huge fan of it. It definitely took like this very like, I don't know, modern millennial take, like they were using like drones and like uh, like headset cameras and all this stuff to try to like beat the blur, which is like shenanigans. And it obviously doesn't work. And we see the Blair Witch quite a lot in the movie and it's not that's something I didn't like yeah I didn't Mm -hmm. like that they showed her so much but for me my scariest part was literally like yeah one of the drone scenes when they're like stuck in the woods how do we get out Mm -hmm. we have a drone let's just you know use its life conservatively and just make sure we can like have it scout for us which way to go and they put the drone up and it's just the trees have expanded and it's endless trees like oh no oh no that's what ah that's what I was like ah Yeah, because it seems like the the witch can kind of either, it's either a pocket dimension or it's like she can control like space time or something. Probably think, pocket dimension. I think it's but. pocket. Like once you cross, because I don't, I don't, I haven't seen that since the one time I watched it in theaters. But I think it was the same thing. They made some cross at some point that it was like, now you're in it. Now you're stuck. Bye. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we won't be watching that, but we what we will be watching next week is the ritual. It um. is a in my opinion, Hidden Gem on Netflix. Um, It's very heavily influenced by the Blair Witch. And so that is actually, this is going to be our last like back in the day movie for quite some time. Um, Mm -hmm. We've done a pretty long run on uh, older movies and now we're going to get into some modern ones. Yes. Uh, I'm excited for that. I also, I'm going to, in the interim, either listen to or read the book because I didn't know it was a book until I was like researching I was like how much was this inspired by Blair Witch because now having just seen it again not I mean we'll get into it but uh, I'm curious to see the book how how that reads 
either yeah. way though the film is great i loved the film before i again knew it was a book and i hope you guys like it too if you haven't seen it definitely recommend watching it before we spoil it the house down for you but unless you just want us to tell us tell us about it because you love hearing our voices and our awesome commentary and everything do yeah both. i mean we're gonna tell you all the ins and outs of that movie just like we do every week oh, um but this is one that i really feel like you know sometimes it's fun to just like should watch the ritual before listening to our next episode it is one just a good movie and two like some of the visuals in it are so striking that i think you'll benefit from having seen it Mm -hmm. Um, so i hope you guys tune in next week um engage with us on social media fsr pod is our website has all the links to everything you could need let us know i don't know give us follow us on instagram also at fsr podcast and um, we also have a Twitter. If you want to follow us there, it is a cross post from Instagram, but you know, whatever social media platform of your choosing. Um, but Engage. thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.